Let's get this bitch started. Stupid yet the rhyme's so brilliant Never could you bring the kid down, I'm too resilient And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing Y'all niggas copy my style like a chameleon I'm a Brazilian, that's one in a million Too high for ceilings, it's how I am feeling What the blood clot, how did all these thug rocks Have me looking dumb hot, with my eyes all bloodshot Now that's a mugshot, in the making No need for oven Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Heads Podcast H cubed up in this biatch Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We back with another episode this week. And this time we're going to hit y'all with an album review. And this week it was yours truly's time to pick an album. And first we're going to hit the classic joint off, uh, which, you know, we're going to go back to 2006, which was when a young Crispin bass was in about eighth grade or so, something like that. Going into ninth grade. Shit was, shit was getting crazy at that point. <laughs> y'all, everybody know that's, that's the time when shit starts getting crazy in everybody's yeah. life. And then, uh, yeah, making a transition, middle school to high school. And I remember my fucking older brother was a big Dipset fan. So I knew about Dipset like, like crazy. Cause I feel like Dipset was kind of popular amongst the older people around this time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as, like, as somebody who was in middle school going into high school, it wasn't as popular, I feel like, as it was amongst older people. I don't know. It was kind of not rare to know about Dipset. But I feel like not everybody that I knew or went to high school with knew about Dipset until, you know, I got older and got to stuff and stuff. But I say all that to say, though, that I, you know, listen, listen to Dipset because of my brother. And that led me to this album right here, which is by Jim Jones, uh, Hustler's Poem. Now, I'm sure I'm sure Cooper had this question, as I'm sure a lot of other people would. How the fuck does that say or does that spell poem? But... You know, I don't know, dog. That's just how, you know, niggas like to make shit make sense. That doesn't really make sense. It, it, it actually means product of my environment, mm-hmm. but I don't understand how that translates to poem. But, you know, it is what it is. You're going to let it rock. Maybe Jim Jones is just like all them people who have kids and misspell their kid's name on the birth certificate because they <laughs> like the word, they like the name, but they just don't know how to spell it. Like, nah, dog. There's mad motherfuckers. <laughs> like, like, I remember my brother told me that he knew a nigga whose name was Michael. And his parents spelled it M Y C O L, Michael. Wow. Well, shit. I knew a girl in high in middle school whose name was Chanel, but it was spelled Channel. Like, like legit Channel, mm-hmm. like exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, oh, your parents is just ghetto. <laughs> nah, and, and you know what? I really do feel like Jim Jones probably thought that this is how you spell poem. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, all up in my environment. That shit. That shit rock. Let's do it. Exactly. Now, the funny thing is. Oh, go ahead. My bad. No, I was just going to say, nobody around him was like, nah, nigga, that's not a good idea. That's okay. <laughs> You're right. Uh, the funny thing is, though, is that when I was writing all of this down, I definitely yeah. spelled poem right and then oh, wrote good. product of my environment. And I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I had to reverse Jim Jones. <laughs> nah, I'm trying to tell you, bro, this joint is all kinds of fucked up. But like I said, this is 2006. This is when True Religions is just coming out and being popping and shit. Uh, skinnies was still kind of, I guess, coming in to mm-hmm, style, kind mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. And niggas was wearing regular fitted clothes. As you see on the fucking cover of this joint, Jim Jones isn't wearing like a super 6L shirt, which he did at one point, if you guys just look at the Dipset Anthem video. True, true. And he's not wearing uh, and, and, like uh, big ass baggy pants either. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So this lets you know what era we in. It's, it's crazy how like legit every four years shit kind of just changes up a little bit. Cause now we're kind of, what's popping now is kind of like the, 
baggier kind of like super loose fitting kind uh-huh. of pose and and boot cut jeans and super you know just crazy shit uh, honestly know. i'm happy to see that shit come back because i'm tired of watching niggas that are the size of a toothpick walking around with jeans that make them look skinnier than they are and hey. then somehow the jeans are still sagging off their ass Nigga. come on bro and i'll tell you what though this like style i guess or uh fat and fashion is, mm-hmm. is good for us in between skinny skinny and fat niggas because yeah. it makes you can't tell. You exactly. don't know. Exactly. <laughs> you don't know until it's too late, baby. Hey. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> <laughs> once by the time the pants come off, it's already popping. <laughs> it's already on and popping, and you ain't going back, baby. Let's exactly. <laughs> but like we were saying, Hustlers Palm, Jim Jones, 2006 album that I chose again, mostly off nostalgia, as I was saying, because I feel like at, at, the, at the time, it wasn't really, you know, listening to the deep cuts and really looking at an album in that way. It was just kind of like what I liked at the time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just thought it was a good a good joint to go with. So that's what we decided to go with. Yes, sir. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and start this album review for Mr. Jim Jones by hitting the first sure. track, of course. And uh, this is a longer album. So why don't we just go ahead and yeah. hit the Jones that we really fucked with the most? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Right. Well, let's go ahead and start with the first one, which is the intro featuring Max B. Now, let me just say right now, all right? I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody fucking says. This is quite possibly, to me, to Christian Rivera, Crispin Bass, one of the greatest intros of all fucking time. I don't want to hear it. I don't care what anybody got to say, because this intro right here gets you fucking hyped. It gets you motivated in the fucking morning. Nigga, if you want to make sure you out there doing what the fuck you're supposed to do or what you told you're supposed to do, Listen to this goddamn intro. <laughs> all I got to say, I'm going to my nigga Cooper. I'm going to say more after he talks. Cause I want this nigga to say some shit too. All right. So, yeah, I love the beat on this, John. The, it was a little heavy. But like I said, it was it let you know where you where you about to go. Jones is on here talking his shit. So I'm like, okay, go ahead. Get it for the first chunk. But the yeah. John is five whole minutes long, nigga. This ain't an intro. This is a motherfucking song. Name the shit, please. Thank you. Is it Jones singing the, the hook or is it Max B? No, that's, that's, that's definitely Max B. Okay, sure. this nigga is just stretching and stretching to hit the notes on this joint. That's the first thing I know. He's like, everybody. Hit it. I was like, come on, dog. Get it together. Look, man. But that's, that's, that's the, the Max B aura, though. We know, we know the nigga can't really sing, okay? We know he just layers his vocals a whole lot, but. I guess, you know, I guess it's not for everybody. <laughs> I, w- I have to say, because th- this is my first introduction to really anything Max B. So, okay. I, this is the first I've ever really listened to him okay, extensively. Then, like, that makes sense as to why it's kind of like... Yeah. So, I'm going to have to go ahead and put Max B on the list of shit to go look at. Um, okay. But, like, I thought, again, I thought it was a it was a good way to open the album. It, it has a lot of energy. And, it, I mean, it just lets you know, again, it lets you know what you're in for. And that's what I look for in an opening in an in a intro now again could have just named it something it didn't have to be an intro nah, you know it's funny <laughs> you say that right because you know again the reason i know about this album is because of my older brother and we were talking about this joint the other day that you know we were viewing it he was telling me the other day how like dog what the fuck is that one song called uh with max b it's like at the beginning of the album uh <laughs> and then he mentioned he, he sang the hook out and shit and he was like oh it's just called intro he was like nigga i've been looking for that song for so fucking long and again to, to go off of what you're saying nigga jim jones name your fucking song because intro 
doesn't help when you don't know that the fucking song is called intro. Exactly. Right? Like you can't you can't just like you know how typically songs might be called what gets repeated in the hook or like a name, a word, a phrase that gets said in the song or whatever. Uh-huh. Nigga. Nothing about this song really screams out intro unless you've heard it in context of the album in, in, in order or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. I I just I, I agree with what you're saying. That it definitely needs to be a song title for this joint. But again, like I said, it's one of my favorite songs. Definitely one of for sure, probably my favorite Jim Jones song. Just because of the energy. I really like the Max B uh hook. I think it just has like a certain energy that I really like. And uh I like and again it is a long song. Uh, again, stretching on five minutes, I want to say. Uh, a lot of it is Jim Jones talking in the beginning and at the end. Uh-huh. And again, I guess for the sake of it being, I guess, an introduction to the album, I don't really mind it. Uh, but yeah, I really like the song and I thought it was a good way to start the album. It actually reminds me a lot of the intro from It's Dark and Hell is Hot by DMX where you, you you start off listening to him talking a little bit and just the beat kind of builds and then he just goes off into this vicious yeah. track but again it's called intro so it's another song i was looking for just like your brother for a long ass time and didn't realize that it was just called intro because you know when you're younger i mean you had a back of a cd but oftentimes especially in our area you had burn yeah. cds so you ain't had a back of a cd <laughs> so you ain't had no track listing. Nothing. You just knew it was number 13 or number 7, nigga. Mm-hmm. You ain't know, really know what the fuck it was called. Or Nothing, just like though. your brother goes, sing the motherfucking chorus for somebody and be like, what song is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's really what it would be like. You would never really know what song, what the song title was. Exactly. Sure. But um, but yeah, no, nah, I thought it was a good song. I, we're both in agreement on that. But yeah, go ahead. Go to the second one, though. Or go to the okay, next bet, one. Okay, bet, bet, bet. So I'm actually going to um, number four, which is Emotionless, featuring Joel Santana. Uh This is another one of my favorite songs on the album. While I will just start off by saying that the beat sounds super dated, definitely sounds like mid-2000s kind of, you know what I mean? But I think for it being from from the era that it's from, I think it's a really dope song. I really like the hook. I think Jim Jones did a really good job on the hook. And this this is one of the things that I feel that Jim Jones can do, that Cameron can't do. And the reason I bring this up is because I seen a um like a conversation on Twitter the other day. Who has had who makes the better music, Jim Jones or Cameron? Oh. And first I thought, nigga, Cameron, right? But when I really started thinking about it, honestly, dog, Jim Jones is a little bit more multifaceted. Because I feel like he can make a pretty decent hook. I really feel like he can make a pretty decent hook. Uh-huh. And and I feel like he, he does it here. I feel like this is a, you know, kind of like a dark kind of street joint. Uh, with Joel's in it too, I thought the zone was, was. I thought the zone was dope. I really like the beat. I like the hook, and I think uh, Joel's had a good verse on here too. I agree. Um, I actually think that Joel's had a better verse on here than uh, than Jones did, just in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, no, I, I agree because I mean I, I would agree that uh, Joel's is the better rapper out of the two. But even even then, I, I would I would probably argue that Jim Jones probably makes better music, which you know, again, it's a, it's a conversation that I feel like we should probably have on the show later on. Like, why sometimes certain rappers don't have the success that others do is because you could be a vicious, like, the best rapper in the world, but if your music isn't enjoyable, uh-huh. then nobody's going to listen to that shit. Very true. All right. Uh, the next joint I'm going to hit is number five, uh, Reppin' Time. I think that the beat is, is dope as shit on this joint, but again, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds dated. But I mean, that's going to be for most of the shit on here because I mean, it was, you know, 2006. Yeah. They, uh, it's, it's simple, 
uh the 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 hook is really simple but it's very well used and i just kind of rock with the track overall it's just something that you can really just bob your head to and um it's like it was like there was a couple of it was like i want to say like you know, number three wasn't all that fast and emotionalist number four wasn't all that fast. But when you get to number yeah. five, it definitely picks up the pace. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is also, also one of my favorite songs on the track. Uh, one of my favorite Jim Jones songs. I just remember, I don't know if you remember this video game or not, but it was a Def Jam. Fight for New York? I think, no, it wasn't Fight for New York. It was Def Jam Icon. It was like the new one for 360. And I remember that joint had Jim Jones in it. And I remember that song was like, like incorporated somehow in a video game. So I just remember that song playing all the fucking time. <laughs> but I really like that song. I thought it was dope. I agree 100%. It's definitely a super, uh, dated sounding beat. And to some degree, even the kind of song, like the super, like, you know, uh, like the voice change and the lowering of the voice or whatever, then the hook when he's saying rapid time, like all that shit just kind of screams out. Yeah. You know, 2005, 2006, or whatever. So a product I do of its agree time. It sounds super dated. Yep. But I, this is still one of my favorite joints, I would say, from uh, from this this album and from Jim Jones. I thought Jones was dope. So I'm gonna go ahead and go on to uh, number six, which is uh, Pin the Tail, which is featuring the whole Dipset Camp. You got Cameron, Joels, and Max B is on the hook here. Uh-huh. Um, let me just say this: the reason why I wanted to talk about this song particularly. Was because it's seventh grade. No, it might have been it might have been ninth grade. Seventh grade for ninth grade. I had a Nextel, and I don't know if y'all remember. Did you ever have a Nextel? I didn't, but I remember them. Okay, so but you kind of had to have a Nextel to know this. But at the time, you remember ringtones were like a thing. Oh, you yeah. know, like like having a ringtone was kind of like a cool thing to do back in the day. Yep. It was kind of crazy that it's not now, kind of. But um. <laughs> But, um, what's it called? Nextel, they fucking sold ringtones just like every other company, right? Mm-hmm. Nigga, but the thing about Nextel was that it was only four seconds of a song and it would, it would repeat back and just loop over and over and over. It would sound terrible through your speakers or your phone. <laughs> and it would be the most random part of a song and you could never choose what part of the song it was. Of and course. First time I got it was this fucking song back like, with my first cell phone ever. And it cost me five fucking dollars for him to play the most randomest part of this song. Like, the most randomest part of this song. And that shit cost five fucking dollars. So I just had to lay that out there and talk about that before I actually talked about the song. Just because... It's a damn shame they used to get us, though. It really is. We just needed to... We just needed to age ourselves real quick. Right. Young, new listeners out there. But nonetheless, Pin and Tail, like I said, you got the whole dip set on here. Max be on the hook. Honestly, right? I like this song. Uh, it sounds super dated with the little, um, I guess the horns or the synths. I'm not sure what it would be. Uh-huh. But the, the super heavy. It's probably synths at that point, yeah. Yeah, so I just, I'm not like, I'm not a huge fan of that, but I do like, I, I like any time that the whole dipset gets together, particularly at this point, because if you're, you know, a dipset fan, you kept up with the whole thing around this time was when. Uh, there started to be kind of like a little internal kind of shit going on. Mm. And I don't know. It was just cool to see that. I feel and uh, I don't know. That shit was that shit was, It was always dope to me. And uh, I don't know. I think everybody had a good verse, but again, just the beat just sounded a little bit kind of kind of too old. Yeah, I have to agree with you. The beat definitely sounded dated. I like the chorus on this song, but I just feel like it wasn't executed in a great way. Like it could have definitely been done better. I thought Cam's verse was good, but it was really a little all over the place. And that's kind of how I feel about Cam's verses all the time. And I feel like 
Cam hits a certain cadence when he starts rapping, and like I don't feel like he really ever gets away from that cadence. So that's that's one of my main problems with like listening to an entire Cam project is that I feel like the shit ain't gonna sound different. Like you're gonna get different beats and shit, but it's gonna be the same rapping ass style the entire time. Um, and and the thing about Cam too is that his uh. That's and that's another reason why I feel like Jim Jones makes kind of better music than Cam, mm-hmm. was because Cam he has kind of like a monotone kind of like I don't want to say lazy flow. Oh, you kind of does kind of have like somewhat of a lazy flow and it's not, like not like, kind of does it on purpose is kind of what I'm saying. But Jim Jones on the other hand, you hear the emotion in his voice mm-hmm. a lot of times, and I feel like his voice changes as he's rapping about different things and different pitches and shit like that. And like you said, that that gives it kind of like excitement and it kind of changes things up which we see later on in the album here but um yeah you're right i agree i think cam kind of sticks with a certain monotone kind of uh flow when he raps it, it does make for his albums getting a little yeah um santana's verse i thought was pretty dope and i thought jim jones verse was pretty good except that he just kind of leaves open space where he'll be rapping and all of a sudden he don't say nothing for a little bit and then he'll say like a couple of random words and then he'll leave like another like 10 seconds of open space before the chorus comes back in right and it's like it's it's just something he does it's uh he does it randomly like there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it really i just kind of feel like he just does it um no i agree i agree and again we know we said at the beginning jim jones kind of has a weird kind of style of rapping and again like you were saying some beats it works some beats it some beats it doesn't so i guess this would be one of those that doesn't work as well mm-hmm. but um let's go on to number eight slash nine which eight is the intro to number uh nine which is we fly high <laughs> uh we gotta talk about this song for at least a little bit everybody knows this song this is a smash hit, arguably, not even arguably, without a doubt, Jim Jones's biggest hit Facts. of his career. Probably made up several millions of dollars off of not only radio play, album sales, uh, endorsements, that whole bullying, mm-hmm. nigga. That shit, if you was like alive in this time and like you remember shit, exactly, nigga, that was huge, dog. Exactly. It was like that and Ballin and Kobe. The Kobe? <laughs> those, those two. Yeah, that's it. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, but, uh, but I, I don't know. Um, I, I think it, obviously it sounds like 2006. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds super dated. The beat does. The beat isn't super particularly interesting to me, but it's still ballin'. It's still, uh, a vicious song to me. I think it is one of them songs that like if it comes on in the mix, like mm-hmm. kind of like if you're at like a club or a party or whatever, nigga, everybody's about to go crazy to this joint. It's one of them songs. It's kind of it's kind of like Fifty Cent in the club. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you know a, a plethora of other songs that if they play them, no matter what, and in between anything, Jay Z, Big Pimp, people are gonna go crazy to it. <laughs> yep. So, so this is this is definitely one of them songs, and yeah, it, it just it's it's that legendary status in my opinion. Facts. Now, what really kind of fucked me up though. I didn't realize that talking in the beginning was an intro to it. I just thought it was the beginning of the song. Like, uh, and it, it definitely sounds like it's sampled from some seventies movie of some kind. Oh, fair. Plus, yeah, I know, I know Jones made mad money off this shit simply because I want to say I remember the NBA using this song for like going to commercials and shit. And yeah, hell yeah, like, and they, they probably still do. They probably say, yeah, you're right, nigga. That's the thing about making a song that like becomes bigger than you i guess that even though it's hard to live up to it one thing that's for sure is that you're probably gonna eat off of that song for the rest of your life this basically is a good chance of that mm-hmm. 
it's kind of like a double-edged sword to a certain degree, but I feel like I, I feel like that didn't really hurt Jim Jones. I feel like it elevated him because at this point he started doing loving hip hop. He started doing other things that kind of uh, I guess were able to get him some some more money. So yeah. All right, I'm gonna go with back to number seven uh, and do get it popping, which features I guess this is pronounced Jaja and Princess, and I'm assuming this is Princess from Cry Mob. Cause ain't no other artist named Princess that I know of from like you know the mid the early two thousands, um, right? Yeah, and it sounds like her too. So you know, but I'm I'm not really a huge huge fan of the beat, but each of their verses was actually dope. Like I was surprised at how good Jaja's verse was. Jones's verse is real vicious on this. His delivery excellent, and Princess mm. killed that joint. Now I know why she was the last motherfucker on there because her verse was <laughs> the best one of the song. So. I have to really give it up to Jaja and Princess. Well, I have to give it to Jaja because I never heard of Jaja and I had no idea what she was going to be doing on this joint. I knew, yeah. at least I had an idea of which Princess, you know, who Princess was and what she was capable of. And I mean, shit, on the crime mob shit that I've heard her on, Princess kills it. So, like, I really wasn't expecting her to come on here and smile. But she definitely murdered this, this track. No, I mean, it definitely makes sense. I, I didn't know that um, that was crime up but it makes sense the energy on the song definitely kind of screams out that kind of energy that crime up music usually has uh, but, but i feel like it was a good song uh again this is one of those songs that again if you don't know who jaja and princess are you might just you know skip the joint because you know fucking misogyny and us skipping just female artists because we might think that we might not follow what you're saying or whatever the fuck, right? mm-hmm. but i feel like uh listening to this joint like you said they both killed it uh, on top of jim jones Princess killed it. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was a dope song. Again, the beat sounds like fucking 2006, but again, that's kind of something that happens uh, with, with, with certain kind of you know music. I feel like it's, it's bound to sound dated, and I feel like this is, this is one of them. But yeah, I thought the song was. I thought the song was dope too. All right, uh, your turn, sir. All right, let us go. Uh, let's go to number 11, which is "Love of My Life" uh, featuring Max B. Now again, this is one of the songs that I remember from my childhood and listening to it again, I still think exactly how I remember this, dope as fuck. I like the the uh, the sample, the little piano, even though I'm sure you're gonna say something kind of repetitive, <laughs> because that is kind of what happens throughout the beat, it just kinda of loops over and over and over again. But I thought that Jim Jones's verses were pretty dope on here. I thought the beat was dope, aside from just the piano part that during the um, during the verses, I thought beat was dope and i thought max b's hooks were, were, were was dope on it. i thought it was really dope i like uh, i like what max b does so i guess it's something that you know i i, I like so yeah i thought the song was dope i thought the song was dope um, i pretty i like the song i thought the beat was pretty dope although for me it seems like at some points jim jones was a little bit off beat while he was rapping but it wasn't like consistent it wasn't the whole thing and this is why this is this is to the point where I was just like I literally made a note. I was like, does Max B only do this? <laughs> I was desperately nah. trying to figure that shit out. <laughs> you know what it is? You know what it is, right? So like and, and this kind of became a thing back in the day where like I felt like niggas was kinda like, oh, uh, Jim Jones is using Max B for all his uh for all his like little his wave of like little singing kind of because here's the thing. Let me just say this, right? Mm-hmm. And I know everybody was gonna say Jaru did this first. Mm-hmm. Mac B was the first one to sing gangster shit and not really be talking about it, but it kind of sounds like a love song type of shit. Okay, I got you. I got you. Uh, maybe not the first one, but definitely pioneer in that. Let me just let me just say that because I don't want to say the first one because I really don't know. That's just 
at least the first one that I heard, and I feel like he kind of has that uh, that lane kind of. So, uh, but um, yeah, I, I like the hook on his joint. I thought Magic did a good job on the joint, and yeah, I thought I thought something was dope. Let us go to number fourteen. Don't push me away, featuring Rel. And I say this is the love song of the album. <laughs> yep, for sure. Um, the at least one of them. Yeah, really. Uh, the beat's a little bit weird at first, but I, but after a while, you know, I got it. I, I messed with it. I think that the chorus was dope. Rel did a great job on that. Rel also did a really good job on that verse that he had. I, I really enjoyed it. And I think Jim Jones, his voice and, again, rhyme style are perfect for this type of beat. Like, it's just the sound of it. It it just marries well with his vocal sound. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I, I thought this was a, a dope song. And, again, I just hate that he fit into the stereotype of like a gangster rapper making a song about being an ancient nigga and this girl like kind of like not wanting to deal with it anymore. That is such a stereotypical gangster rapper love song. Now I get it. You probably didn't want to make this song. Uh-huh. You probably just had to. But still, dog, come on. Let's be, let's be more, more creative, guys. All right. That's the only thing I'm going to say about that. Cause I feel like every gangster rapper, every gangster rapper in the history of rap has a song that talks about him being an ancient nigga, uh-huh. but his girl riding out, but then she don't, she don't rock with him. That's exactly. everyone. All right. Now this is kind of, this is kind of what that is. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was dope though. For, for what it's worth, I thought it was dope. I thought the, the hook was dope by the dude, uh, Rel. I thought it was a good, um, again, I know you appreciated the fact that he found somebody who's actual singer to sing on the hook. Yes. Um, uh, even if it was somebody, now I don't know if this is a, a known person or not, but I'm just going to assume this is, somebody from his camp or whatever um, i'm assuming so because i really don't i don't recognize the name yeah so but even then even then uh i just bring that up to say that i guess it, it's even better to find somebody from your camp who can actually sing than for you to try to you know do some bullshit or whatever that i'm it, sure you wouldn't be too, too ex- happy to hit exactly exactly but you know we'll see if niggas ever actually take that into account <laughs> nah facts, facts i think at this point probably not because then you save money on having to pay somebody else to do your fucking uh, hook for you. Basically. But um, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and go on to uh, number 19, which is called My Life. Now, school me on this a little bit because I, I, maybe you know, I think you probably would know, but I'm not sure. You know the song, uh, the Go-Go song, Sexy Lady? Mm-hmm. It, this is the same exact fucking uh, uh, sample, right? Yes. It is the sample, and they sampled it from... Don't disturb this groove. I'm trying to remember what the band's name is, but it's like an electronic, like pop band from the '80s. Okay. It's called the System. Now, That's what the band's called, the System. The reason I'm asking, right, is because you know how typically Gogo from our listeners from DC, the DMV area, uh, Gogo typically it kind of takes a song that's kind of popular at the time and kind of remixes it. Uh-huh. So I'm curious if. Gogo did that song, Sexy Lady, before, uh, off of this song and kind of just did their own thing with it, or if they kind of heard the actual sample first and kind of has, it has nothing to do with this song. That's, I'm just, curious. I mean, that's I, a I good question. You know, that's a good question. I, I wonder which one it would you know have been. I mean? But yeah, I just, just had to follow, uh, uh DMV <laughs> listeners out there. Just had to throw it out there. But I thought this song was really dope. This is actually one of my favorite songs. And this is one of the songs that I think kind of makes the end of the album really strong. Because mm-hmm. I thought, the um, again, the, the sample was dope. And it was used correctly, in my opinion. Because it could have been used in a whack way. 
But I feel like the beat, the drums that they used, the beat that they used when they, you know, put in the beat for the sample, mm-hmm. I thought it was really dope. And I really like Jim Jones's just everything about it. His rapping on here, fast paced, energetic, and it kind of just has a high energy pace throughout the whole song. The hook was dope, and uh, I really liked it. Yeah, I did. I, I fucked with this joint too, and it's kind of like since this is an album that I'd never heard before and sometimes it, it kind of got a little hard to listen to every now and then it was good to hear a song like this where you know I was already I kind of already knew the beat and it just kind of drew me in and it's just it, it, again it was it's, it's another one of the highlights of the album but it's kind of like damn you could put this in the middle of the album or maybe you could have made another one and put it in the middle of the album just kind of like you know give it a little bit more not breathing room but like you know just space to change up and have the album sound a little bit different because i mean sometimes with the sounds of this album it does kind of get a little stale because a lot of the junk sound the same i mean it's it's the dipset sound yeah but i mean a lot of it they end up sounding very very similar no i agree 100 um and again this is the i guess the, the negatives about having such a long album is that a lot of these songs get lost and just you know people not listening to them because they get tired of, of the sound by track 12 you know and you don't get to number 19 and i know that's what happened to me Mm -hmm. because you know like i said this is an album that i listened to when i was younger so i actually never had heard number 19 until we started reviewing this oh shit so so you know what i'm saying so like it it was just crazy i was like oh this song is probably one of my favorite songs on this joint and i just never listened to it because probably because the album was too long Uh that's probably true yeah pretty much you know so i never really got to that song and a couple other songs that i liked that towards the end of the album but uh, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of crazy. I'm going to go ahead and go back to number 17, uh, Don't Forget About Us, featuring Max B. Um, first, it, Jones's first verse on this jump is okay, but his second verse is so much better. Like I, I just have to say that. Uh, the beat on this jump is vicious. Max B on the chorus was vicious. I mean, it was just a really good, entertaining song over while, uh, over overall. And like I said, this is like you said, this is a long album, and there definitely could have been some joints on here that didn't have to be on here. And I'm talking about songs and skits. Um, yeah. Because I mean, shit, we had the two voicemen, we had three voicemen skits. <laughs> but it's not a dipset anthem if there's not at least three voicemen skits. Let's be fucking real. Okay? It's not a New York album, actually. <laughs> from, the, from the early 2000s, if it doesn't have at least. Three fucking voice muskets that have true. nothing to do with the album, by the way. True, true. I just, that always brings me back to the whole fabulous joint on his first album, where he had this skit yep. and this joint was cursing him out in full Spanish. <laughs> yeah, he, I'm trying to tell you, it just screams out New York. You gotta love it. Gotta love it. Uh, but yeah, now uh, don't forget about us. That was a, a vicious track. I mean, I, I had no problem with that one. Like I said, at, at the end of the album, like the last few joints at the end of the album really kind of kicked it up into overdrive. But then the last track isn't exactly like completely upbeat and shit like that. Like it's um, it's a little more a little more chill, a little more, I don't want to say like somber, but it's just it's just like you know you have a bunch of jumps that get you really amped up towards the end, and then you just kind of have the last track, which while it's a good track, it's just very very different sonically from the rest. Of which I just thought was a little bit of a weird choice to do, but you know what I mean. No, I agree. I agree. Real quick, let's let's also talk about uh, number eighteen. I know, which if I'm not mistaken, I believe that's the, uh, the Sade sample. Yes. Uh, uh, Ordinary love sample. I thought this one was dope. Uh, I thought it was a good change of pace uh, for the album. 
I think, again, this shows uh, Jim Jones's versatility and rapping about something different. Um, obviously, rapping is more of like an introspective kind of song, kind of like a more deeper kind of song, darker kind of song. And I just want to say that the hook on this joint, I think, is really dope. And I think the guy singing it is really dope, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like I have to say that I really wish it could have been fucking, um, what the hell is the dude from uh, West Coast? Who does the hooks? Oh, um, Nate Dog. Yeah, I wish you could. No, Nate Dog. I feel like would have sounded vicious singing this joint. You right. But I say that to say that even the dude singing this joint, uh, which, uh, again, not credited here, so I don't know who it is. But um, uh, I think I think he did a pretty good job. I thought the hook it kind of sounds kind of funky, but I think I think it's really dope. All right. Well, did you have any other ones that you wanted to go over, or? No, I think I think I think we should be good with that. Okay. All right. Well, after everything is all said and done, sir, uh, what are your overall thoughts of this album now, looking back on it at an older age? Look, man, it's happened a couple times where we reviewed an album that I chose from back in the day that I hadn't listened to in a long time, and I've been disappointed, and nostalgia has been the main reason for the listen. Mm-hmm. But I just have to say that I really don't think that that's the case with this album. I feel like there's good music on here. Obviously, there's there's some songs that you know, our throwaways and I could probably do it. I probably won't ever listen to it again after, you know, this review is over. Yeah. But there's also a lot of songs on here that I'm definitely going to be coming back to because I, I really enjoyed them. And I think, I think they're good. And again, this just goes towards the argument that I am starting to lean towards Jim Jones being a better overall artist than everybody else in Dipset, which is kind of funny because at one point, everybody thought he was the least uh, talented. Mm. Uh, Everybody thought Cameron and, and Duels was better rappers, which I do think they are better actual rappers for the sake of rapping goes. But as, a, as far as who makes better music, I think this album is an example of why Jim Jones is better at that. He's more versatile. There's more versatility on here than a lot of other Dipset, uh, Dipset albums. But, um, yeah, I, I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised and I wasn't expecting to be surprised, which is a good thing. Okay. All right. I have to say, like like you literally just said, I was pleasantly surprised by this album. It was a lot better than I thought. And you know me, I'm not exactly a... I'm not a Cameron fan at all. In fact, I, I actively stayed away from a lot of Cameron's music. <laughs> uh, because yeah. I like... I like We talked about before we started recording, I'm not a big fan of the way he raps. And I feel like his cadence and how he raps just gets annoying after a while. But the album was a lot better than I thought. I have to give it up to Jim Jones. He's a better rapper than I thought he was. The only things I have to say is that, yo, the album is too long, but that's a product of the times. And, mm-hmm. uh, nigga, I need y'all to give Max B a verse. Like, I need y'all to give him a full verse so I can hear what this nigga is capable of. Cause I've only heard him on here doing his best 50 cent impression, job rule impression. But like, like I said, overall, it was an entertaining album. I just feel like it was too long, but it had enough joints on there to like, you know, I, I would, I would tell somebody to check it out. Especially if they've never listened to any of the Dipset Jones before. Look, man, I'm not gonna be a Max B fan and let you get away with disrespecting the fucking wave god by saying doing his best 50 cent Jaro invitation. Right. I said give the nigga <laughs> verses, dog. <laughs> nah, but that was a sick little comment. That as a fucking as a, look, man, free the wave. Okay, let me just say, free the wave. It's gonna be popping. My man is the only nigga. To catch a murder charge and be out here and be pop, he about to be out here and pop it in two different fucking decades. Uh. <laughs> so I'm just saying that he's a fucking legend. Shout out to the wave. 
That's all I gotta say. I ain't, I just I, you can have your opinion on that. And that's fair. But I wasn't about to let this shit pass without checking this shit. I'm sorry. And you know I meant that as in just singing the fucking hook and shit. I didn't mean that in a disrespectful way. I just said this nigga's out here singing all the hooks. Give this I'm nigga some verses. I'm mad about my my fucking my my niggas are fans of right. <laughs> that's really all it is. <laughs> oh god. On that note, what do you give the album out of ten, niggas? <laughs> all right, man. So check this out, right? So hey, I forgot we haven't even done that yet. <laughs> nah, so all right. Out of 10, I'm gonna get this album an eight and a half. I think to me it's surpassed um, time expectations. I feel like uh, I thought, you know, maybe I wasn't gonna like a lot of the songs on here as much, but that's not the case for me. I still like it probably even more so now because a lot of the songs I didn't listen to back in the day, I'm listening to now. But I thought this one was dope. I thought um, obviously a lot of this, a lot of the beats don't stand the test of time just because of how dated they sound. But I feel like if you just want to have that listen, that listen to that kind of sound, I think this is a good album to do that too. Again, I think this is a good example as to why Jim Jones is the, the better artist out of everybody in the Dipset camp. But yeah, I think I'm gonna give it an eight and a half, okay. eight point five. Okay, I gave it a seven out of ten, and I feel like the thing is, this album is the motherfucking orange juice that you make, right? But what I need this mm. album to be is that little tube of concentrate you had to take out the freezer and add water to to make the orange juice like i just needed to to come together and be a little more concise which means just take out some stuff just make give me the concentrate nigga give me the concentrate okay. concentrate all the good shit and then bam yeah. you got it that's that's I really do. what i i think about this album is it just to for it to really 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 no i don't want to say it like that before to be a little bit better in my in my idea just get rid of some of the fluff and he's in that's it yeah i i agree and again the only reason i'm probably giving it an eight and a half nostalgia is also involved and yeah. i know that's probably not the piece for you so that's probably I, I agree with everything you said i feel like it's, it's too long but again nostalgia is going to kick in for it being too long for me so i'm, I'm not going to mind it being that long but i i agree i agree with everything all right, well, that brings us to the end of this album review. I hope y'all enjoyed us talking about A Hustler's Poem by Jim Jones. Ballin'! Ballin'! Uh, and just and just in case y'all want to look for this album, just remember, it's spelled Hustler's P-O-M-E, not Poem. Because believe me, you're going to be looking for a long time if you're looking for Poem. Yeah, look for Poem-y. Poem-y. Yeah, Poem-y. Poem-y. <laughs> Depending on where you're from, Poem. Uh, well, before we get up out of here for the day, sir, did you have any recommendations either uh, watching or listening for the folks out there? Yes, sir. So, you know, we've been in fucking Corona quarantine this whole fucking time. So as I'm sure, you know, just like a lot of you, I've gotten tired of watching Netflix or HBO or whatever the fuck, right? So I just had to switch it up. So I subscribed to WWE Network and went back to my goddamn childhood and started watching the wrestling because... Dog, these niggas have everything. Like, all the old pay-per-views, all the old SmackDowns, all the Raws, all that shit. Oh, damn. You have it all. So I've been fucking going through all of that shit, right? This week since I'm fucking off from school uh-huh. and just going crazy off of it. And yesterday I watched a very, very, very important pay-per-view. Anybody that watched wrestling that was about my age, Eddie Guerrero versus fucking Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. Oh, damn. One of the... If you've ever been a wrestling fan, I don't care before or after my era of, of, of watching wrestling, 
watch this fucking joint. I'm sure, again, if you're a wrestling fan, you don't need me to tell you because you've probably watched it a couple times already. But if you're an older wrestling fan, like I'm sure my man Cooper probably is, mm-hmm. then I would recommend to watch No Way Out 2004, which is the name of the pay-per-view. And it was Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar. And actually, I want to say that the just the match itself is available on YouTube, uh, on the WWE um, YouTube page. So you don't even have to. I feel like that's an unfair fight because I feel like Brock Lesnar is maybe not twice as big, but definitely a hell of a lot bigger than Eddie Guerrero was. Look, let, let me just say this. Since obviously, I'm sure everybody already knows Eddie Guerrero won the championship. I, I guess his, his gimmick at the time was uh, lying, cheating, and stealing. <laughs> so... He kind of lied and cheated and still and stole his way to win the championship. But because he was the baby face of, at the time and Brock Lesnar was the, the hero or the bad guy, the shit didn't fucking matter. Of you know, course. He, uh, the fucking ref was turned around and Eddie, he hit him with like, again, y- y'all got to watch it to, to, to really know everything. But it's really dope. And honestly, if you just watch like a quick, you know, two minute video before to get you up to date with like the context of what's going on. And just because that's part of wrestling as much as as much as the actual wrestling is like Very the context true. of why these niggas is fighting. Yeah. But uh, again, go watch that shit though. No way out, two thousand four. Particularly the Eddie Guerrero Brock Lesnar fight. Really, really dope moment in wrestling. And if y'all haven't seen it, go check it out. Okay, so my joint today, my recommendation is going to be the album by Lil Mo. Y'all might remember Lil Mo as a singer in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. But probably y'all know her most for being on, like, I think it's Love and Hip Hop and all them other shows. And she was a radio DJ uh, out of Baltimore for a few years. Mm. But she, her, her debut album was called Based on a True Story. And I've always fucked with that album. It's so vicious. It actually shows a little, like, I didn't know Lil Mo could actually, like, blow, blow like that, but she can fucking sing. And it's got tracks on there, like, everybody knows Superwoman Part 2 with Fabulous, you know, baby, they can't. You got that, Joe. She got Gangster, which is, which essentially takes, um, God damn it. What Snoop Dogg song is it? I can never remember off the top of my head. This is what smoking with too much weed gets you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she takes one of Snoop's early, um, early jones and uses the beat for it and then sings and then sings her john over it and of course she does a rendition of time after time which is an old ass song that many people have been covering since like the 70s and the 80s um but there's a lot of other joints on here that are vicious like there's a joint on here called the player not the game uh featuring carl thomas tomorrow and then she's got one joint an extra joint on the joint called tada which i always thought was was pretty fucking vicious so if you are in the mood give yourself a a nice little dose of this and check out based on a true story by Lil Mo. You know, it's funny. So I was looking up the song time after time because, uh, crazy bone has a song called time after time. And I was wondering if it was the same fucking song. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it is. Oh, I don't, I don't think it is, but I know, um, what is that chick's name? I want to say not Pat Benatar, uh, Cindy Lauper. I believe she did it in the eighties and I've heard oh. other R and B groups from the early nineties do it. But I can't. I mean, I'm, I'm, I definitely know that other people have, have covered this song. I just don't remember yeah, exactly nah, who it nah, was. I was just listening to that. That's not that. Good. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it would have been kind of crazy if it was that because the Crazy Bone song, even though it is a Crazy Bone song, it's, it's I could see it being a song that other like singers have done because you know Crazy Bone doesn't know you know singing thing too. So. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get up out of here, is there anything else that you want to share with these people today, sir? No, man. Thank, thank you for tuning in. As always. Thank you for rocking with us. Uh, we're going to keep bringing in the album reviews. I believe, if not next week, then the week after next, we're going to hit y'all with uh, CJ 
uh, his EP, which, you know, obviously his song, Wookie, is chart-topping, one of the more, you know, more popular songs on social media and all that shit. So we're going to dive into his EP slash album, whatever you want to call it, on our next album review. So definitely thank y'all for rocking with us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now you know you can find us for your listening pleasure on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Republic, and Google Podcasts. You can find us on your social medias at HQ Podcast. And yes, that is all spelled out. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook.com by going to Facebook.com and going and searching out Hip Hop Heads Podcast. And on that note, I am your man Koopa. Here for your man, Mr. Chris Ben Bass. Everybody yep. take care of yourselves. Stay at home. Stay safe. Be good. And if you can't be good, just be the best that you can be, please. And if you can't be that, at least make your goddamn mom proud. That's what we always say. Make your fucking mama proud. That's it. And you know you're doing good. Because, you know, moms isn't going to be rocking with no fuck shit. Basically. And she'll let you know. She'll let you know. So as long as you make your mama proud, nigga, you're doing all right. So exactly. keep making mama proud. <laughs> and on that note, we out of here, y'all. Stay safe. Peace. Peace.